You know, the Holy Spirit is mentioned in Scripture over 350, 350 times. 90 times in the Old Testament with at least uh, 18 titles or names given. And in the New Testament, 260 times the Holy Spirit is mentioned with 39 titles or names given. So out of the 27 books of the, the New Testament, only two, only two have no mention of the Holy Spirit, Second John and Third John. They're the only two books out of the whole entire New Testament letters and so on, epistles and so on, that have no mention of the Holy Spirit. So we've got to understand the Holy Spirit is to be a very important part of the believer's life. Can I hear an amen from this Pentecostal church? I said, can I hear an amen from this Pentecostal church? Amen, I, I, I need to hear that. It's lonely up here. But it's good to have you back, darling. Okay. <laughs> it's good to have her back, yes? Get on with it. <laughs> She's got a plan. It's happening. So um, again, I, I, I'm just saying we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. All of us as Connect Church, we need the Holy Spirit. The gospel gives light, but the Spirit gives sight. The Spirit enables us to see that which God desires to speak. Someone, I, I, I don't know, I, I can't remember clearly who it was. I think it was someone named Thomas, Thomas Manton. But he said this, God's mind is revealed in Scripture, but we can see nothing without the spectacles of the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost in our lives. And this day, of course, is where churches all around the world are celebrating the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And Jesus, you know, had told his disciples, do not leave. Don't go anywhere. Friends, I want to tell you, we can't do the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. If the disciples needed it, how many know we need it? He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. And understand it's a gift. You can't buy it, earn it. It's a gift. Wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. The Holy Spirit was somebody Jesus spoke about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when that takes place, Jesus said in verse 8, you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses, which actually is another word also for meaning in the, in the um, Greek, martyr as well. I don't that's probably not the very, well, that's not a great word, but that, that's what it means. It means you will be my martyrs. Oh, ouch. But he said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2 that when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together Friends, I want to tell you, I remind you again, there's something powerful that happens when we're together. They were all together in one place and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them, not just some of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled him. them. The Bible goes on and it tells us now there were those staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews. There is much more to this than you can read. You can read in your own time. I'm just sort of 
uh, um, obviously jumping from bit to bit because of the time that we have. It says, now there were those staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. And they go on to say, we hear them declaring the wonders of God. Friends, I want to tell you, when the Holy Spirit moves, people start to see the wonders of God in the place. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues, amazed and perplexed. Oh, I love that bit. And, they're, and they're, listen, again, God likes to speak to us in a language we would understand. In our own tongues, amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? I think it's important for us as believers to understand what does this mean when we talk about the Spirit? What does that mean for us? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. And of course, the apostle Peter boldly stands up and addresses the crowd in that moment. But if you actually look at that piece of scripture yourself, you'll see it wasn't only the apostle Peter that stood up. All of the disciples stood up. They stood up and began, Peter was the voice, but all of the disciples, all of them had been impacted by the power of the Holy Ghost. And it's amazing that they all stood up because just a few days before, they were all frightened. A few days before, they were all frightened and full of fear and had run away. And here they are now standing up facing the crowd and on fire with the gospel. So they stood up all together and Peter begins to address the crowd. He said, listen carefully to what I say. When we were in Jerusalem, we were actually taken to the place where they believe that took place on the, just outside, below the Al-Aqsa Mosque, actually where it is, is these steps that come down from one of the walls of Jerusalem. And they said, this is where that took place. And Peter said, listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only the 9.30 service, right? And no, so it's not, it's just like, I was like, I said that at the eight o'clock one. I mean, it's just like, it's way too early, right, for that kind of, uh, kind of thing. And so not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel in the last days. If you want to know when was the last days, well, that's where it started, come on. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit. On all people, not just some people, on all people. Your sons, he said, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. It goes on to tell us that the people who heard this message were cut to the heart. They were cut to the heart. There's something about the spirit of God that cuts to the heart. Last week, someone uh, sent a text after uh, the messages last week and, and sent it to Anita who forwarded it on to us just saying, hey, Pastor Adam, I just want to tell you, I'm in this church, God has changed my life. That did me a lot of, uh, that did me a lot of good. Because it reminds us of what we're doing here, that, that again, that this gospel, this, this, this gospel and the Holy Ghost working together can, can, can cut to the chase can change people's life. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, let me tell you, Jesus can change your life if you would give your life to him. It's not an easy road. The Bible says all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Give your life to him 
and he'll turn it around. He'll change it as you allow him to work and allow his Holy Spirit to work on the inside of you. And so it says they were cut to the heart and 3,000 were added to their number that day. How many know when 3,000 come to church, that's a good day in church, amen? I mean, I'm looking for, I'd be happy with three tonight in Tawa. Come on, somebody. I mean, it's just, I'd just be happy to, with 30. I mean, it's just like all of that would be, but 3,000 is a good day in church. And I want to say from that day until this, the number has not declined it has not stopped growing. When the Holy Spirit came, nothing stayed the same. And I pray that's true of your life as well. When the Holy Spirit came, we need the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came, nothing stayed the same. Jesus said, speaking to his disciples in John 7 verse 38, he says, whoever believes in me, whoever believes in me as the scripture has said, now that's important, as the scripture, not as you think, not as you feel, not as you just want to flow and go and whatever. As the scriptures have said, we need to live a life uh, that's in line with the scriptures. Can I hear an amen? amen? Whoever believes me in line with what the scripture has said, out of his heart, out of his heart, out of your heart, will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. What did Jesus mean when he, we said, when he said that? Well, we can easily see by the next, the very next verse. Now, this Jesus said about the Spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. Out of our hearts will flow rivers of living waters. We're not to be a pond, there's to be a river that flows out of us. The truth is, truth is, for, for the believer, every Sunday should be Pentecost Sunday. Can I just say, you know, we, we should not get to a place where, hey, it's Pentecost Sunday, we better be all Pentecostal. No, every day is Pentecost Sunday. And can I, can I, can I, can I just say, it's not, it's, it's not just Pentecost Sunday, we need to be Pentecostal on our Monday. Thank you. And on our Tuesday and on our Wednesday and, our, and on our Thursday and on our Friday and on our Saturday, we should be people of the Spirit daily. We need, we're filled and being filled. We're filled and being filled. And out of us, there should be a river that flows out to a thirsty world. There should be living waters that flow out, not just filling me. Listen, I want to tell you, Christianity is not about just you feeling something. It's just, I just, Lord, it's just about me. No, 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 friends, you've got to understand, out of you should flow rivers of living water that would touch and help a thirsty world. Even that colleague that you don't like, even that person that gets you frustrated, how many know there should be a river? When people meet you, when they, hit, when they spend time, is there a river flowing out of you? Because out of you, Jesus said, there'll be a, a river that flows. And this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. Does anybody believe in him here? Yeah. Yeah. I said, does anyone believe in him here? They're, they're, just understand there should be a river. Yeah. If you live your life in accordance with what the Scripture has spoken, out of your heart will flow living water. 
Truth is, like I've said, every, every Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. Our Mondays and Tuesdays, our Wednesdays, Thursdays, every day should be a Pentecost day. Why? Because, listen, the Holy Spirit can, it can so easily become an academic thing. But the Holy Spirit is not meant to be an academic exercise. It's meant the Holy Spirit is to be not academic, but active. Active in our lives, active in our workplace, active uh, 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 when we wake up, active when we go to sleep, active. We, 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 uh, the Holy Spirit is to be active, not academic, yeah. or not merely academic. Yeah. Not just to be something, yes, I acknowledge and I think about that. He needs to be active in our lives. And I guess in days like this, it's good to go, well, is he, how is that working in my life? Yeah. How is he flowing? How is that living water flowing to and through? my life. See, see, because here's what we've got to, got to understand. The Holy Spirit does not flow through methods, but through men. The Holy Spirit doesn't flow through programs and plans. He flows through people. You know, one of our values here at Connect Church is that we'd be a spirit-led church. We want to be a Christ-centered and we want to be a spirit-led church. And I think it's important to stop and remember, as we've said and many times over the years, that the, uh, we don't go to church. We are the church. The church is not the steeple it's the people, and so I guess if we're going to be a spirit-led church, if we're going to be a Christ-centered or spirit-led church, it means that you and I, if we are the church, need to be spirit-led people. If we are the church, we need to be, can I hear an amen? We need to be a spirit-led people. And so I think today is a good day to always go, is that true? Of my life, what? Where do I need to grow, God? What do you need to do on the inside side of me? Because it's so important that our understanding of the Holy Spirit not be academic, but rather active in our life. So we are a Pentecostal church, and of course, if you've been in the media these days, you will realize that. There was a lot of talk about Pentecostal churches as some kind of fringe, not mainstream, cult-like, or don't, you know, all the stuff going on in Pentecostal churches. Can I say, don't be fooled by that. We need to remember well over half a billion people on the planet Earth, a half a billion on planet Earth, I've told you this before, but we need to hear it again. Well over half a billion people on planet Earth call themselves Pentecostal or charismatic believers. Half a billion. New life, which we are a part of and that which we lead is a Pentecostal movement. Pentecostals, and this is not competition. I'm not saying this for competition. I'm saying this for understanding. The Pentecostals outnumber Anglicans, Baptists, Lutherans, and Presbyterians combined. Combined. I said it's still growing. 3,000 were added to their number that day. By 1970, there were 67 million people who called themselves Pentecostal and Charismatic. By 2010, 614 million, a quarter of the world's Christian population. And by 
2025, they say it will be 800 million people. 3,000 were added that day, and it continues to grow. Now, of course, with a half a billion people being a part of a movement, there is sure to be some weird and wacky among the wonderful. I'm just saying, being honest, come on, come on. I I, want to say, with half a billion people being a part of the Pentecost, there is sure to be, sure, guaranteed. You might have met some of them. There's sure to be some weird, and when you get a half billion people together, there is sure to be some weird and wacky. I mean, if I said to you now, you think of some Christian, how many people have met weird Christians? Anyway, come on, be, be honest now. How many, Don, lying's not a thing either. Come on, how many people have met some weird, weird Christians over your time? You, you know, I mean, you can see their face right now. The scary thing is I hope no one's seeing your face. Come on, <laughs> that's what I think. Hopefully no one's got your picture in there. Yeah, he's over on row six, three rows, you know, five seats in. People are counting now. Who is that? (laughs) I'm saying that because I want you to know and understand this is no fringe movement. The celebration of Pentecost, again, you've got to understand, is a very important thing. And this is no fringe movement. It grows. Because here's the other thing about Pentecost that we need to Understand, Pentecost represents not just when the Spirit showed up, but also the very birth of the New Testament church. The very first church in history was Pentecostal. It was Spirit-led. It's no denying it. It's in the Bible. I mean, it's just, it's pretty, it's easy. It was a Spirit-led, Spirit-filled, where the gospel was preached with signs, signs following. It, it, It is abundantly clear from Scripture that the disciples were filled up, fired up, and the Holy Ghost. I mean, Jesus said to, to his disciples, he said, you will be clothed with power. When the Holy Ghost comes, you will be clothed with power from on high. That's what will happen. Pentecostalism is not a fringe of Christianity. It was and is how and when the New Testament church got its start. We need to understand Pentecost is not a mere denomination or doctrinal position. It's an experience in God. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, who was a Reformed theologian, but he said this. He said, if it were possible to put the Holy Spirit into a textbook of pharmacology, I would put him under the stimulants, for that is where he belongs. The Holy Ghost stimulates, changes, shifts things. And so on this day, let us be reminded, let us never, never, no matter what the media says, no matter what the world says, no matter, let us never drift from the person and power of the Holy Spirit released on the first Pentecost Sunday. We need the Holy Spirit more than ever. 
Jesus says, speaking of the coming of the Holy Spirit, he said, I tell you the truth. There's no word of a lie. I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. It's to your advantage that I go away. For I, if I do not go away, the helper, counselor, comforter, friend, advocate will not come to you. It's to your advantage that I go away. When Christ went up, the Holy Spirit came down. And Jesus went on to say, when He, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you. He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. You know, when I read that passage, that's one of my favorite passages on the Holy Spirit. When I read that passage, it reminds us afresh that the Holy Spirit is a divine person, not just a divine power. The Holy Spirit is a person, not an impersonal influence. He influences, He, he is powerful, but He is a person. There are those who try to play down the personhood of the Holy Spirit. They, they, they would say he's come to glorify Jesus. Don't worry about talking about the Holy Spirit. No, no, you've got to understand the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. He is the third person of our triune God. Each is God, yet God is one. He's the third person of the Godhead. As the hymn says, praise God through whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The Scripture clearly teaches that the Holy Spirit is a divine person, not just an impersonal power or influence or force. The Holy Spirit is spoken of in the Scriptures as having personal qualities. He has a mind. Romans 8 says, in the same way the Spirit helps us, He helps you. You need help today? Man, I'm struggling with it. You need help today? The Spirit helps us. He helps us in our weakness. Have you got a weakness or weaknesses? Sure, we all live. He helps us in our weaknesses. He goes on to say, we do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. His personal qualities are mind. He knows, he thinks, he helps, he intercedes. The Spirit has a will. Speaking of the gifts of the Spirit, it says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11, all these are the work of one and same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Just as He determines. Just as He decides. Just as He wills. Just as He thinks He distributes them. Disciples in Acts chapter 15, verse 28, when making a specific decision, they said it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Again, sometimes when the decision we make in leadership, it's, a, it's like, 
Holy Ghost. We, we want to make this a Holy Ghost. How, how does this feel? How do, how does this, how, how do we sense the Holy Ghost is feeling and thinking about this? He has a mind, He has a will. The Spirit has a mind and a will. He has emotions. Ephesians 4.29, I've added an extra bit of Scripture in here for free because I thought when I read this, I was like, that is so good. That's a message in itself, but listen to what it says. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. I'm throwing this in for free. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. This is probably not for you guys, but the other services. But only what is helpful. Man, could we learn a lesson from this. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. That it may benefit those who listen. And then it says, and do not grieve. You can't grieve an impersonal force. You can't grieve. You can't grieve a thing. It says, and do not grieve. We're speaking about the personhood of the Holy Ghost. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You and I can grieve the Holy Spirit. That's so important today that we remember the Holy Spirit is not just a power. He's a he, not an it. And yes, the Holy Spirit is symbolically seen in scriptures as wind, breath, oil, fire, a seal, a dove. But none of those negate his personhood. Just like Jesus is referred to as the cornerstone, a lamb, a lion. These do not negate the fact that Jesus is a person. So it is with the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. And so the challenge for us today is in your walk and your talk. Don't quench the person or power of the Holy Ghost in your life. Don't quench the person and power of the Holy Ghost in your life. Do not quench the Spirit, Thessalonians tells us. We need in this church, as believers, to be Spirit and truth people. Now we need the truth of God's Word for sure. I, I think that's important because, I, again, I've met people over the years have gone, I don't need the Word now, I've got the Spirit. And I just flow wherever I want to flow, and I go wherever, I, wherever the Spirit goes. I don't need the Word, I've got the Spirit. You're wrong. Would it be people of, of, of the Spirit, but also of the Word? Spirit and truth. You can flow wherever, but... Evangelist George Mueller said this, if the Holy Spirit guides us at all, he will do it according to the scriptures and never contrary to them. You come and tell me, well, no, I know the Bible says this, but I want to live like that. I, I, I just, no, no, you're wrong. 16th century Puritan preacher, I love these old preachers. Thomas Brooks put it this way, I've quoted him many, many times in messages, but I love this. This is probably one of my favorites. He said, the Spirit never loosens where the word binds. The Spirit never justifies where the Word condemns. The Spirit never approves where the Word disapproves. And the Spirit never blesses where the Word curses. Amen. So what do we need in our spiritful life? We need balance. We need to be Spirit 
and word people. Spirit and truth. And notice spirit comes first. It wasn't truth and spirit. It's spirit. We need to be people of the spirit. We've got to have, have balance. An old saying that John Steele, the previous pastor, used to say, and I, I, I remember he said, he said, if you have the word but not the spirit, you will dry up. If you have the spirit but not the word, you will blow up. But if you have the spirit and the word, you will grow up. Come on, how many things? That's what we want. We want the spirit and the word in our life so we can grow in the things of God. He who has the spirit in his heart and the scriptures in his hands has all he needs for this life. As we come to a close today, I want to finish with something Martin Luther said. Not Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther, one of the central figures of the Protestant Reformation. He was an author, a hymn writer, a theologian. But he penned these words that I think capture a little bit about how great the Holy Spirit is, the third person of the Godhead, and what and how he works in our life. He said this, Come Holy Spirit, God and Lord, be all thy graces now outpoured on the believer's mind and soul to strengthen, save, and make us whole. That's our desire. Would you stand? Bow your heads just for a moment. Lord, we thank you that this is Pentecost Sunday. But we want to live this life on our Monday and our Tuesday and our Wednesday and our Thursday and our Friday and our Saturday. We want to be led by your Spirit. And we know today that we've been filled and are being filled. And so I pray afresh for every life today under the sound of my voice, for just a fresh infilling of the Holy Ghost, a fresh touch of your Spirit. Jesus, just even as you repeated, this is what will happen. This is what will take place. Believe you'll be filled. Lord God, we pray for a fresh infilling today. We thank you this was for sons and daughters, moms and dads, our old and young, that we can dream dreams, that we can see visions. So Holy Spirit, counsel and comfort us. Guide and direct us. Afresh, may we be more sensitive to you, the third person of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Fill us, we pray. We worship you, great triune God. Each is God, yet God is one. Fill us today. In the King's name we pray. And everybody said, come on, let's give Jesus some praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. To close the service, again, I want to remind you, you're welcome to come to Tawa tonight. We'd love to see as many as you can, there'd be great to have standing room uh, only if we can. Just would love to uh, see you there. If you need prayer for anything, there's a prayer station off to the side and there'll be someone there to pray for you. Let me pronounce this blessing over you. These are not just religious words. These are ancient, ancient words. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. 
And Lord, I pray that now the living waters, that we'd be conscious that out of us will flow a living water to a thirsty world. Help us to be that which we have received from you. Help us to live it out in our daily life. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. See you tonight. If you need prayers, I said, the service is over.